one. Well, when does a nap become sleep? <laughs> oh, I guess it's when you wake up, wake up at four and go, hmm, seems kind of dark out, doesn't it? Workouts completed, run at lunch, waits afterwards. Watching this documentary, uh, Trafficked with Mariana Van Zeller, just WTF is going on in the world, my friends. And learning about how to use some audio cleanup software. If you had a chance to uh, listen to episode number 37 on my big podcast, uh, you'll see, you'll no doubt hear some uh, audio clippage and stuff like that. And that's something that I'm uh, working on fixing. So, folks, it is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky, and uh, this here is my audio blog. Audio blog. I, I do this Monday to Friday. Uh, I post it on my website and also on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the major streaming services. It's sort of a, a record of how things are right now. It's a life and times of a working traveler is my tagline on my website. And um, I was thinking about that because it is it is very much, uh, as much as I'm, I've been staying in China for... Been in China for like eight years now, right? Nine years. Well, it depends on how you count it. I was back in Canada for a year, uh, but basically nine year relationship with uh, China at this point. Nine years in September, I guess it was. It is, and uh, it's <laughs> at that point you become one of those people. You become one of the ancients, the old timers, the long timers. And uh, I know that uh, on, on Twitter, there's one guy who's saying that there are opportunities available here in China if you're willing to, to come on over and. Uh, I don't know anybody who's grasping at, uh, you know, tickets, stick them on over. Uh, I know people are returning, so they've been here before, they've had exposure to China before, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of, what would you call it, like new blood uh, coming into uh, the country um, to do jobs or to even like, I'm not sure about travel because I'm, as, an, as a long-time expat, I stay at home a lot. I don't go out. I don't go to the Great Wall every day, every weekend. I don't go to Tianmen all the time. It's Not only is it far enough away from my house to make it a journey, but getting in there and around is just it's too many people. So, nah, if I have to go out, uh, it's like local malls or I don't. I go to the local inter, international supermarket and that's about it. Yeah, so this whole nap thing, I actually laid down uh, at around 8 p.m. Then I woke up sometime early this morning. I was just kind of going, ah, that's uh, okay. <laughs> There's a fine point, a fine line between, uh, and, and no doubt you've had this experience. I, I didn't drink at all. Like, this wasn't like alcohol-induced. No, 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 no. This was like I, I hadn't slept much uh, the night before. Uh, just, I was getting other things done with the uh, episode and everything. Uh, and then... Today I did both of my workouts, so I did a run at lunch, four miles, and I did another 10 minutes of skipping, and then after work I did my, my weights workout, and I'd have this uh, eight-round sort of, um, it's not really high intensity, It's a, but I guess it can be, it's like a Tabata workout sort of thing, uh, and I found that um, it's it's good enough for what it is, it's, it's not overly stressful, but it's not hugely weighted either like I don't ever actually lift strict weights I, I'd never do it uh, I, I opt for these really I guess high intensity workouts that um, like your heart rate's going at 160 170 uh, BPM sort of thing for substantial amounts of time uh, and uh, I don't know I, I I used to do it to burn the calories now I do it because I don't know what else to do uh, and I find that if I just lifted weights I get bored uh, it's too slow for me uh, and I need the stimulation that is the the fast paced sort of stuff. Now I don't like the ones that change what they're doing 
like every 30 seconds on the fly, like there's no rest period. This one has, I have 15 second rests. So I go for one minute on and then 15 seconds or 20 seconds off. I like that because then you can switch and you can look at what's ne- what's to come next. And you're like, okay, all right, now I can figure out how to do it. The ones that try to switch on the fly, and I see how, like, there's some Chinese streamers that do this. Uh, and these used to be big um, in the 1990s. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Britain had them, but I know Canada, United States had them where, especially, especially the States, uh, they, they would have these, usually these women dressed in spandex and they would, uh, it's like part of the Weight Watchers sort of program and stuff like that. Not, not directly, but it's the workout um, part portion of it. And it was just like, it was meant for housewives, basically. That's, that's who it was. Nowadays, I mean, you got Instagram uh, and everything and uh, here, the uh, these workouts that they started like the ones that I see for the Chinese uh, for the Chinese workouts is that like they're on, they're posted on Billy Billy or Xiao uh, Hong uh, Shu like the little tomato little red book that was a little tomato a little red book uh, so these are meant for uh, home workouts to keep the gym or at least the the trainers profitable uh, in the times of COVID now COVID's over so a lot of people I guess are going back to the gym and I guess there's something to be said. To be going to the gym uh, again, I wouldn't do it. There's, I think, there's one gym that's been here for a while, but uh, you gotta listen to opening hours and stuff like that, and you gotta talk to people. They, oh, yeah, what are you working on today? Uh, don't know yet. Probably the same thing I was working on last week, to tell you the truth, because uh, I can't be effed uh, to try to uh, figure out something new today. I just want to go get the workout done. That's about it. Um, watching this documentary is it not no it's a national geographic documentary now i've watched she has two seasons this is her second season doing this one it's called trafficked and it's with mariana venzeller um she's been on joe rogan a couple times this is how i I found her uh she was talking about uh well she's talking about the fentanyl um which a couple months ago i mentioned on my podcast that some of the ingredients for fentanyl you could buy on taobao and that these things were being dropped off, uh, or that, that they were being imported in some way into North America, and, uh, helping or not helping the fentanyl um, opiate addictions uh, wave in the, in the United States and in North America. Now, this documentary has said that that's no longer the case, that there are massive amounts of this, uh, the, these chemicals coming in from China. Instead, the Mexican cartels are making it themselves. <laughs> oh, it's good for business, right? Onshore that stuff. Friendshore that. I mean, you don't want to be buying from someone else with unknown supply chain issues. <laughs> it's terrible. This uh, The latest one I just watched, episode six, was about uh, some of the extremist groups. Specifically, this one was the white supremacist groups uh, in the United States. And you're just watching it going, What? Do what? Or do you like actually believe this stuff? Let's put, if you're looking for a cheerful way, like a, a cheerful sort of evening watch, this documentary is not for you at all. Zero. This thing will make you go, "Oh my god, I never want to go outside again." It, this is terrible. Not like everything is trying to kill you, and everybody is an evil person. Uh, it's it's terrible to think that a lot of this stuff uh, goes on. Uh, and you kind of wonder, like, what what is doing it, right? Um, as a traveler, I can say that uh, 
I have never really felt unsafe. And now you could point the fingers, well, you're a white guy. I'll go, okay. But there's a certain point where the white guy thing, I mean, I can go into an area of, of white people and be like, I don't know if I feel safe around this. And it's regardless of skin color, it's some of the ideas that are going on sort of thing. But again, I, I tend not to go out too much to the you know, I try not to go to these places where <laughs> I try not to I don't go to these places where you know some um ideas are going around that I am not party to I I, I don't agree with uh, uh a lot of the things I see uh, in this documentary but this so it wasn't just about this one wasn't just about white supremacy this one was also like she covers like the drug trade uh, like a little illegal silicone injections stuff like there's the whole first episode I think was all about um, illegal silicone injections underground uh, plastic surgeries going on in the United States and just like oh my goodness this the white supremacy one uh, caught really hit home because the you remember when this Russian war uh, against Ukraine broke out they were saying well there's Nazis in Ukraine and the, the famous name bandied around is the Azov Battalion. And I remember talking about Stefan Bandera, uh, who was part of the UPA, the United People's Army, I think it was, uh, that uh, they sort of made a deal with the devil that back in World War II, like it was, you're either going to get shot by the Russians or, or the Soviets, or you're going to get shot by the Germans. And they allied with uh, the, the Germans, or at least they didn't counter the Germans as much. They didn't put up a resistance as much as they should have. Uh, as history is sort of saying. Uh, now, Ukraine and Russia and a lot of the Slavic blocs, uh, there has been racism there for a long time. Like, it, this is not nothing. This is nothing new. Um, I would say the pr- people are primarily white, right? And European sort of um, facial features and stuff like that, and however you want to interpret that. But uh, that's typically what the demographic has been. Darker skin has usually meant that you're an outsider, usually from the Middle East somewhere, uh, like in Turkey or further into uh, Central Asia and stuff like that. So that would put you outside of that, that, that grouping. Now, when Russia was, was bombing Ukraine because of that accusation of Nazis, and is continuing, uh, I was saying that one of the things that Putin has been going on about is that if you think that Ukraine isn't or is a country, then you are a Nazi, so you're a nationalist, right? And I was saying, well, in, if that's the case, then a lot of people are Nazis who wouldn't, who wouldn't, who would be offended if you called them them that. This documentary talks about how when the Ukrainian war broke out, there were uh, white supremacists uh, that were took the opportunity to go to Ukraine to train and fight against uh, Russian separatists, learn the the tools of the trade and everything, but they're still spreading their ideology there. So there was an opening there where it seems like Ukraine made a deal with the devil um, uh, of a sorts where they're like, we need defenders, we need troops, and... um, if these people are willing to fight to defend this country, then the Ukrainian Ukrainian government let them go. They let them let them fight, armed them, and everything. So, where, where am I going with this? Well, it's kind of like one of these questions: like, why does the states not want to give them any more firepower? Right? Why do they not want to give them fighter jets? Like, imagine training 
modern-day neo-Nazis on fighter jets that were supplied for free um, by Western governments. I mean, you, you start going, huh, mm, maybe there's a reason why they're sort of holding back on some of the, the supply chain. You gotta wonder if Russia's sort of gauging this as well, going they, they, to do that would be silly because they'd just be shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, some of these, some of the people that are mentioned in this documentary are like ex-military, uh, and that, as much as that gives them some, um, like some training already, but if they keep that up, basically, it's it's afterwards uh, that when they leave the the military that they are sort of communityless, less like they they don't have a community. They talk to uh, she this lady. She talks to one guy who was a former. Um, uh, part of, what was it, uh, I'm not sure, the Chicago chapter of one of the these extremist groups, and he's like, these a lot of these guys, a lot of guys, a lot of these guys, uh, they are just looking for a community, they're looking for somewhere to fit in, somewhere with, uh, you know, where they're understood, uh, where they, they, they see something, uh, and that uh, they have this opinion of it, and these groups sort of affirm that opinion. So, what does this mean when you're a traveler? This like this does worry me because there's a point where she asks some, or asks one of these other uh, gang members, uh, or these group members, because they don't call themselves gangs; uh, they call themselves other words. Uh, like, do you see a race war coming? And we've heard this bandied about in the United States before that, that there's race wars, and I've talked about before how the next ten years are going to be insanely crazy um, in the United States. Uh, I. It is not a very comforting thought, to tell you the truth. <laughs> not at all. Uh, and I kind of wonder, where would be the safest place to hang out, to live and thrive in that time? Like, is it worth going back to Canada? Is it worth going back to the United States? Worth back going going back to the UK or Britain? I mean, because I've heard stories about the UK as well, right? And I don't think uh, there's anything that goes on in the United States that probably doesn't go on in, the, in, the, in, in Britain as well, right? What about the Middle East? What about parts of Africa? Like, what about Australia? I mean, Australia is very far, I mean, it's kind of Western sort of ideology, but it's very far removed from a lot of people. You know, it's not many people there, right? I mean, maybe that's a good place to go and hang out for a while, but what would you do for a job? What would you do for work? Not to mention, your whole time schedule would be off. Like, if you had to talk to people from North America, I mean, good luck leaving a, a normal life there. I mean, you, you basically your time zone is the same as that as, like, um, what, China, Japan, South Korea. That, that, there's your, your time zones that, that you can deal with in a reasonable day, within one day. Uh, but uh, anyway, so this is a very interesting pod, um, podcast or a documentary. I highly recommend that both both seasons are very good. Again, very shocking. Very kind of like, I wanted to relax. <laughs> and now I'm not. <laughs> so um, be prepared. Uh, you've been warned. Uh, it does come with warnings too about how, like, don't watch this if you're a bit sensitive to some of these issues. Uh, but uh, it is very eye-opening. Uh, and as travelers and expats, I don't know. It, I've said before, it's very hard to sort of, extricate ourselves or keep ourselves separate from the geopolitical um, arguments and finger pointings that go on. At the same time, uh, I've mentioned before, I can't help but think that if you just shut the news off and lived your life, like just went about your day, 
you probably wouldn't see anything too much different. And I, and I would say that for the, the vast majority of people, that's probably true. I mean, it, where you would see it is that if you're walking down the street or whatever, and all of a sudden people like start spitting in your direction, like, the, the, what's going on here? And then it turns out like, oh, well, you shot out some balloons in the air or something like that. I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other debacle that's going on uh, over North American skies. Oh, goodness. Anyway, um, learning what I was trying to do uh, while before I passed, before I fell asleep last night was uh, actually learn a little bit more about how to fix audio clipping and stuff like that. So I got this program, this uh, Ozone uh, 10, and it's an, or an RX 10, whatever it is. And it's, uh, it's meant to fix mainly like studio recordings. So short bursts of audios, not three-hour audio podcasts. Um, but I'm trying to, what I want to do with this stuff is learn how to take out like clipping because sometimes the microphones are too hot. Uh, sometimes the uh, there's like hums in the backgrounds. I'm wondering how much of this stuff I can clean up with this sort of audio tool, as it were. Apparently, you can clean up quite a bit of stuff. Um, given that I've just got it, I'm just learning how to use it. Uh, it, it's a few step process. And what I didn't realize actually is that with these, like, unlike, um, like logic in a typical audio uh, workflow, any plugin that you put in on your, your mixing chain or your mastering chain only goes through once, right? To do it again, you can't loop it through in the same bounce, Right? You can't loop it through. You can't render it out uh, like you do video files. Like if you render it once, you change something, you have to render it again. You can't do that in Logic. But with this RX thing, this audio repair feature, you can. You can work on the same audio file two or three times, the same tool, and it will correct or fix whatever you're targeting in that file. And then so when you do it twice, you're not just redoing the whole thing. You're doing the, the second pass over top of the first pass, which is fantastic. So I'm like, oh, I, this is new. This is something I've not uh, been exposed to with uh, working on audio before. So all of being the case, it's something I got to uh, figure out and start learning now because uh, that's it seems like it's a pretty good tool uh, and not something that, uh, well, and something that I can see using uh, quite a bit going forward and hopefully and may, hopefully that the episode number 37 doesn't sound so uh, sound too bad for you guys at all. Hope they made it ear comfortable enough. Um, if it didn't, let me know and I'll uh, see if I can fix up that those audio files a little bit more. Because I mean, I'm actually thinking about going back through all my files and uh, try to remaster it. Remixed, remastered, right? I mean, isn't that what the, the rock bands of the 1990s did all the time? Remixed, remastered from the original stems, from the original audio recording files <coughs> sure anyway folks i will leave it there uh thanks for listening i appreciate it oh you know what of all things actually I just saw in the um maybe it's because i just published an episode about this but uh smithsonian magazine this was on one of the links i was um scrolling past um just had this article about how there is a revival in spoken latin well if you want to hear all about spoken Latin and the people who are teaching it and um, helping continue continue the tra- tradition, episode number 37 of my podcast, uh, Stephen Sersky Podcast, available Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and I think it's also on Amazon. Also on my website, stephensersky.com. You can have, uh, have a listen, and uh, I think it's very interesting how they are taking several of the foreign language teaching techniques that we use here in the ESL business 
and applying them to a language such as Latin. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevenshirsky.com. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.